welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome man. You yo, yo. are now tuned in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, you'll get knocked out cold fast. And talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about the devil. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead it. That's right. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. Uh, it ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps episode 148. I got a special guest here today. Uh, my guy Jake, the producer, gonna be helping me out to break down these fights for UFC 267, give you guys all the goods and the inside looks to UFC 267 taking place in Fight Island all the way in Abu Dhabi. Of course, I was supposed to be on that card, but unfortunately, it wasn't in the cards for me. So I'm here in Vegas and I'm going to bring you guys the insights and what I think is going to happen. Of course, the the much anticipated uh, Bantamweight interim title fight and uh, give you guys my thoughts and opinions. And of course, Jake's as well. Um, Jake, pleasure having you. It's a word. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So just so you guys know, this podcast, obviously powered by DraftKings, as always. And with with that being said, we have UFC 267 action is live in Abu Dhabi this Saturday afternoon. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for the light heavyweight title bout. New customers can bet just $5 on either fighter and win $200 in free bets if they do. Will the champion retain his belt? Or will the veteran from Brazil snatch from him? I don't know. But all you have to do is bet $5 on UFC 267 main event and win $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit your money and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Your call to the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FUNKMASTER. Throw down just $5 on the UFC 267 main event and win $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. That's FUNKMASTER. Uh, for your promo code this Saturday, UFC 267. And of course, it must be 18 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, blah, 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 blah. new customers only minimum deposit $5. That's the part I always like doing. <laughs> These guys just always go so fast. Right. Um, so we're going to get into it. Obviously, this main event is uh, Glover Teixeira taking on John Blokovich. Now, this is a big fight for multiple reasons because I think what makes this unique is both these guys are relatively old and I'm using quotes so that people know I'm not like being disrespectful about it, but relatively for a title shot, a guy who's defending his belt 37, I think 43 for Teixeira. I'm not, let me check that. Yeah. 41, 41. I get, I'm, I'm over here aging this guy, my bad. And Blokovich is 38 years old. So for me, this is kind of like, an interesting situation where you have two guys that are the probably the eldest in their weight class and they're, one is defending the belt and one is actually trying to attempt to get UFC gold after his second attempt. And I like this matchup. Both guys are very tough dudes and very nice. I've met both of them in person and uh, it's hard for me to pick a winner in this one. It really is. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't, it's hard for me to pick a winner. I think, the reason this fight is so interesting is because Jan's the new king at uh, light heavyweight. And it's like, we're going to see really if he's going to start kind of a title run where he defends the belt 
and like goes on a successful run here or is he like one and done or does like kind of a, a series start to happen with him and Glover so I think it's a it's interesting I don't know who wins but definitely it's gonna be fun to watch yeah are you familiar with either one of their like fight styles or yeah yeah I'm I'm more familiar with Jan I know he he's got some power behind him yeah but um, I saw his fight with Izzy and uh man he's on a He's on a hot streak. He's on five wins. Yeah, hey, so far so good for for Blokovic, I think. Um, Polish power is real. I mean, beating Corey Anderson, uh, knocking out Luke Rockhold, uh, two knockouts in a row, I believe. Let me see. No decision went over Adesanya. Um, Dominic Reyes finished him. Corey Anderson, Hinaldo, uh, uh, Jacare Souza, Luke Rockhold. So the guy's been on a tear. His last loss was coming to Tiago Santos, and that was actually in the third round where Santos got the finish. And it just shows you, like, you could be in one position one day and then a couple wins in a row, everything's completely different. And that's why I like a story like that, a guy who came back from adversity. I believe, when was it? He lost a couple in a row. He was contemplating retirement, contemplating um, just, just not fighting, you know? And for him to come back, the UFC was on the verge of cutting him. And he comes back and he just rattles off four wins in a row, loses to Tiago Santos, and then wins one, two, three. And then his fourth fight in a row was against Dominic Reyes, defended the belt against Israel Adesanya, and now he's taking on. Uh, and obviously the Israel Adesanya fight, he was bigger, more, I think, stronger. And I think that showed this weight classes for a reason. And that's when Adesanya was talking about going up to light heavyweight and winning, fighting John Jones at heavyweight if he had to chase him yeah. up there. And I like Izzy, but that kind of showed where Izzy was at in comparison to some of those bigger bo um, bigger boys at the, the upper echelon of those weight classes, you know? And I think that's why we have weight classes. Totally, and I think that fight for uh, Jan, that fight, like, kind of made him a little more popular and known to the mainstream just because Izzy's so popular, and he kind of was the guy to put Izzy in his place, which, I don't know, if I... That made me want to watch him more. And then, of course, we got Teixeira. He's very good on the ground, jiu-jitsu style. And for some reason, I feel like for him, he's he manages to just hang on in some of these fights where he's kind of getting – he's kind of having a rough night to start the night. And then somehow, some way, he always turns it back around. The Anthony Smith fight. Um, I remember his fight with Anthony Rumble Johnson. That one was unfortunate. He didn't win that one. Um, Alexander Gustafsson. But the guy just perseveres and stays the course. So he lost to Johnson, came back, beat Cannonier, lost to Gustafsson in spectacular fashion. He lost in that one. Came back, beat Misha Serkinov, lost to Corey Anderson, and he beat a couple of guys in a row. He beat four guys, three guys in a row. Then he beat Anthony Smith. So Santos, Anthony Smith, Krylov, Kutalaba, Carl Robeson, and a lot of those fights, he was on his way to losing. And somehow, some way, comes back and turns back the clock and turns these guys away and finishes them. Not just yeah. wins. He finishes these guys. Yeah. Anthony Smith. That's a big one. Tiago Santos. That's a big one. And it's funny because Tiago Santos was the last guy to beat Jan Blahovic. So yeah. Yeah. These guys, I mean, they've both been around the block too. That's the fun part. And that's what I like about it. I think um, both guys are seasoned veterans and uh, I think they're going to give us a fun fight. They're going to give us a, a great fight for sure. And I'm looking forward to it. And I think both guys are going to bring the heat and they're going to, they're going to, Give us a good showing and show us that the old man strength is real and that old guys can scrap too. And age is nothing but a number. And that's what I love about this. Um, real quick, the odds for this one for DraftKings Sportsbook is 
Blokovic is a minus 305 and Teixeira is a plus 240. And we've seen this before with Teixeira being counted out as the underdog and comes back and just wins fights. So yeah. I, I like Blokovic to win this, but I would not be surprised if Teixeira can survive the Polish power for a little bit and then take him down and somehow, some way, manage to get a sweep or something like that. But I think Blokovic is a smart dude, strong, but I, I just like the – it's almost like a striker – versus grappler but at the same time Teixeira is so in love with boxing so that's what gives me a different look but obviously with age it's harder to take certain shots and uh... I was gonna say especially if you've been in those like those battles you're talking about where you're almost losing and then you come back the guys the guys who have been in a bunch of those you start to see them lose their chin a little bit so and then you've got a guy like Jan Blachowicz who he has the Polish power, so yeah, I don't know. Do you have a prediction? Uh, I'm going. With, I'm going with Blokovic, man. But I love a good comeback story. Of course, um, the way Teixeira has been doing it nonstop, and he he went through adversity, and it didn't seem like he was ever going to get another title shot after losing to John Jones. But here he is again, back in the title picture, and he's got an opportunity to bring his career to a uh, the pinnacle of it, I guess and uh, realize a dream with a second opportunity, you know? So uh, with that being said, I'm still going with Blokovic. I just think he's a little bit younger and uh, he hasn't taken as much damage over the years as uh, Teixeira did in terms of his title run to get back to this position. What, uh, if you had to put in a dollar amount, how much would you bet on Jan? I feel like that'd be entertaining. <laughs> oh man. I, I, uh, I'm not a betting guy, you know? No. <laughs> No, I don't like to bet money, man. I like to keep it in my pocket. But it's like I have friends and family that always ask me, like, who I think should win and whatnot. I try to tell them, like, dude, it's a fight. I've seen the craziest things happen with Sherlock picks, and it just doesn't go that way all the time, you know? So yeah. uh, that's why you stepping in and try to figure it out. Facts. I feel you. All right, you want to move on? Wait, who are you, who are you rolling with for that Ooh. one? I mean, yeah, I'll go with Jan Blahovich too. I feel like that's the smarter pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next one, we have the interim title fight. Obviously, at the Benway division, I was supposed to take on Pideon in a rematch that a lot of people wanted to see. And for some reason, people think I'm ducking a guy that I fought already and uh, not realizing. The thing that's fascinating about this is that if you have a knee surgery, you know it takes nine to 12 months to get back to action. And people are acting as if my neck surgery was like I stubbed my toe and I'm trying to avoid a fight at with, with, with the least amount of injury possible. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to get to the fight healthy so that you guys can get a good show. I don't want to give another half-assed performance being compromised. I'm, I, before I compromised myself unknowingly, not realizing what I was doing with the food situation after right. entire great training camp, sparring with three different partners in a training session, doing five rounds and having guys sub in and sub out and, and still fresh as a daisy. And then on the day of the fight, I look like that. I mean, I want to give a good show and I want to make sure the fans get their money's worth. And that's pretty much it. You know, it has nothing to do with uh, ducking the fight. Like we fight. This is what fighters do. We don't duck fights. I got to get paid. I can't not fight forever. Otherwise, I just yeah. don't get paid, you know, so. I can't wait to get back in there, and I, uh, it's got to be at 100%, at least where I feel like I can get through five rounds, no problem, again, the way I used to, you know? Um, yeah. And Pideon is taking on Corey Sanhagen, and this is a big fight. 
That's a huge, especially, I mean, you already beat Corey, and he's kind of like the guy. He's like the next, I feel like he's the next guy in your weight class. Like, everybody's hyped on him. He's had some notable wins recently. Um, he is he is two and two in his last four fights. So I think there, I mean, maybe hype is an appropriate word there. I don't know. Maybe you could probably have more to say about that. But yeah, I think, I mean, it would be crazy. It would be crazy if when you come back, you you fight Corey instead of Peter Jan. I actually think that's what's going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jan does win. We're talking a game of inches. This is super high levels. Two of the best guys in the division fighting each other. Both are coming super prepared. Sanhagen knew there's a great chance that I probably wouldn't show up to the fight because it was just too soon. And he was right. You know, I kind of had my, my doubts as well. And uh, I was telling myself everything I possibly could to remove the doubt that I wouldn't be able to show up for the fight. And unfortunately, uh, it just wasn't in the cards for me, you know. Um, this is interesting because Sanhagen has been in this position before, when we, like right before we fought. He was the guy, the next bandweight champ. If he beats Aljamain Sterling, he gets the title shot. And I beat him. He doesn't – and then people kind of – kind of the way he lost to me because it was so fast, they wrote him off. And I'm like, you guys are idiots because this kid is so freaking good. I got away with highway robbery. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, really? I managed to – to scum this guy for a quick takedown, get on his back and not give him an opportunity to escape because I got on so early. We were both super dry and there was just nothing he could do about it. You know, I do believe I am one of the back, back, best back takers in the bandweight division, probably the entire UFC. In my personal opinion, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure there's other guys I've gone with that are in the race for the running of being high level as well, like a Ronnie Yaya, that kid Johnny Munoz, a couple of other guys that are solid grapplers. But in terms of being able to do it to other high-level guys, I think I make a pretty good case that I am probably one of the most dangerous guys to have on your back. And after I beat him, he lost his steam, and I'm just like, that's undeserved because that I could do that to anybody on my best day. And that day I was firing on all cylinders, you know what I mean? So to write him off and then him coming back and doing what he's done to Frankie Yeager, taking out Marlon Marais, um, having such a crazy fight with TJ Dillashaw, it's... Uh, yeah. He's got that steam back under him again. And now everyone's kind of saying, oh, he is the best guy again. You know, so it's uh, this is just shows you how the fans could be. Sometimes some people understand that it's a game of inches. And um, I think Corey's hype is well deserved, well earned. And um, he should be respected as a true contender and a potential champion in this situation. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I personally think he won the TJ fight. That was my opinion. Um, so I feel like the four, the two and two is kind of like a quote marks type of thing, but um, it, it would, would be crazy, crazy if he won because uh, that, that would fuck, fuck up, up the whole storyline. Like that would, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> expecting you and Peter on, and then he wins, and then, and then that, that that would I feel, I feel like that would just be like the craziest thing. thing that I, I want that, that to happen, honestly. Um, yeah. It would be wild because then you have TJ Dillshaw waiting to fight the winner of the title unification fight. You know, so this division is just on fire right now. It's crazy. Like anything could happen. And that's why it's smart that St. Hagen stayed ready. And um, I just think he's a better fighter in terms of his footwork. He has fight ending techniques. Um, he's solid on the ground and creative on the ground. Um, the one thing I will say, he gives this back too often. 
I don't know if Peter Jan's the wrestler type to really, I mean, that fight with me, he made him look like the best wrestler and, and judo player in the world because he just kept kicking my ankle and I kept falling over in a slippery ass octagon, but that's neither here or there. But, but that's you not know, people necessarily wrestling it. That's, that would be judo. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Nike was and, getting on you all the time. Yeah. And to put stock in those, those type of takedowns, um, I think he would be ill-advised to think that's going to be a, a strong point of his, you know? So I don't know what Pideon's game plan is. Him being a linear fighter going straight forward and straight back, um, high guard. I'm sure San Hagen's got a lot of guys that can give him those type of looks. And uh, I think he's going to be ready for this. It's going to be up to Pideon to show that he can change gears. He can adapt in the middle of the fight. And uh, he can find an opening to, to kind of get San Hagen out of there or to make it very, very competitive because they both have great cardio. Jan is very efficient in his movements. And I, I think this is going to be a great fight, man. I, yeah. I do think I'm going to end up fighting Corey first, but make no mistake about it. We have to fight again. Jan and I will fight again, whether it's for a title or not. I don't give a shit. We're just going to have to do it again. It just has to be settled at some point, some way. Kind of like the Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal, three-piece in the soda thing. It's going to finally get settled, whether it's a year from now, two years from now. We're going to fight. We have to. to. There's just no way I can leave the sport without um, – getting getting back on that guy's ass you know so i gotta i gotta really really take it to that guy you know so totally. i'm looking forward to that and we got our odds for that san hagen is a plus 190 pd is a minus 235 i don't know what the what the deal is with that but that's a that's a big favor you know might be worth throwing some money on i i'm not a betting guy but smart money knows that the underdog in Corey Sandhagen is very, very, it's a close fight, a lot closer than what the odds makers have. I thought it would have been a lot, almost like even money, but it's not. So um, who's your, what's your predictions for this? I think you kind of said it already, but get your official prediction. I definitely think the odds should be closer. Hmm. Damn, this is so <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Peter Jan. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with uh, the same. I'm not solid on that, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough, but yeah, I'll just say that. What about you? I'm I'm going with Corey Sanhagen. I think um, he's paid his dues. I think he's fought some of the best guys in the division. Um, he's got a lot of learning lessons. And if, I think if you watch the Marlon Marais fight, Marlon is a dangerous striker and he made him, he made his striking look rudimentary. You know what I mean? Like faking, touching, poking at him with his jab, uh, leg kicks, spinning head kick, cracked his orbital um, bone, and then told him I broke his orbital bone to his coaches in a quiet arena and said his orbital bone, his orbital is broken. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And then he hits him with a spinning wheel kick and puts on the finishing touches. I don't know how many times Marlon actually even landed anything, maybe like three leg kicks in comparison to how much he touched him up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to – play a factor in this because he has such good reactions to guys who want to stand there in the pocket with him because he's so good at cutting angles. That's just my opinion. So uh, either way, this is going to be a fun fight for the yeah. fans, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll say this, though, before we move on. I think the the best thing for the bantamweight division, I'm, not, I'm sure I'll get shit for this, but I think the best, the thing that would jazz it up the most would be if Corey won because then it just makes – then you put TJ in the mix, and there's this like four, this group of four up there that's just like makes the whole thing crazy. But uh, 
It'd be crazy. The bantamweight division's so hot right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at that top 15, even outside of the top 15, and there's just so many good guys coming up, guys on three-fight win streaks, three-fight KO streaks. There's, that's pretty damn impressive, and uh, there's a lot of killers that people don't really know about that are flying under the radar, but, you know, I'm paying attention to these guys, and uh, that's why this division is one of the best, in my personal opinion. I almost – you could make a case it's the t- it's the it's the most exciting division right now. I think so. I mean, 155 might want to – say something about that but i mean but, look at it i think we're a lot more stacked before your fight with peter Jan, it was clearly one 155 uh, in my opinion but i think now it's like they're neck and neck maybe 155 has a slight edge but uh they it's 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 exciting right now to say the least all right so our next one we got uh islam makachev taking on dan hooker short notice fight for dan hooker this is a good one, but at the same time, I feel like it's a little bit of a bad timing for Hooker because he's not going to get the proper time to prepare himself for a high-level wrestler and a solid striker in Makachev. I think Makachev strikes just as well as he can grapple, and I think um, this is going to be a tough one for Hooker. And I saw him here at the PI a couple of times. Good dude, man. I like seeing him seeing him win, especially after he fought our guy, uh, Ally Quinta. Um, that was a tough fight, you know, of course. But, you know, to lose to a guy who keeps winning, you know, that's always something good that you want to have in comparison to losing somebody who ends up losing a couple and then just getting cut. You know, I'd rather know that I lost to a good guy and a good guy, like a good person inside and outside of the octagon and also a good guy who keeps winning kind of thing, you know, because it, it, it makes it like no shame in losing to a guy who's one of the best guys in the division. But I think this is a tough task for him. Uh, Makachev has been looking like a world beater. Um, that fight against uh, Tiago Moises, he looked as dominant as you can. But I think um, eventually Makachev is going to fight some of these guys in the top five, and things are going to get very interesting to see where he's really at. But I do think he's one of the best guys, if not the guy at 155. I think, yeah, I think he's like the next guy. I think watching him is like, I hate to make a comparison to basketball, but like, you remember when Steph Curry just, just got, he had his first MVP year, and it was like, Everybody wanted to watch him to see what crazy shot he was going to make. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's him with getting a submission. Him, him, Khabib was the same type of thing, but I feel it, he's super fun to watch. I I don't think Dan is going to beat him, but I feel like this is the this is the one shot that uh, Makachev was hoping for. He He was calling out all these ranked guys. Nobody wanted to fight him, apparently. Now you've got Dan Hooker, and if you don't beat Dan Hooker, it's like sends you back a few fights. I think the only thing about Hooker that kind of worries me—he's twenty-one and ten in his fights. He's thirty-one years old, but that last fight he did win. He looked great with his wrestling, the way he mixed it up. But I felt like he was a little—the way he reacted to some of those strikes that were hitting him clean—kind of made me a little bit nervous. Where I'm. On the fence, like, man, if he gets hit pretty good, he might get put down or he could get rocked relatively easier than he has in the past where he's had those wars with Dustin Poirier, Paul Felder, um, Edson Barbosa. Uh, I do think that takes a little bit out of you. And, of course, he's sparring with Israel Adesanya. I saw those guys going at it on one of those videos yeah. on YouTube, and I'm like, these guys are three weight classes apart, and 
they're hitting each other like that. Well, Adesanya is hitting him like that. I'm like, I know Adesanya's not like Capolo Costa, but still, that's a lot of weight behind those punches, rattling your brain. And to, I would imagine those guys spar hard, and they probably spar two, maybe three times a week. And if you're doing that after those kind of wars, I mean, even Chandler fight, he got touched one time and he went out. You Done. know, yeah, like, easy. So that kind of worries me just a little bit. Where I'm just hoping he's able to. He was able to rest up as much as he could over those three weeks that he had off, or maybe it was four. I'm not really sure. And um, give his brain a break. But obviously, you're not going to work magic over four weeks. I just hope that the fight doesn't go quick and we really get to see a true test for Makachev. I'm not saying Tiago Moises didn't test him. I just felt like he was a little undersized for for Makachev at that 155-pound division. You can see the clear size difference. And some of those clear takedowns that he should have gotten, he just couldn't do anything to Makachev because I just felt like he was just too big, good technique, of course, and a little bit too strong. So uh, I don't know. This is going to be a good fight. I just, I just, I don't know. Maybe just not enough time for Dan Hooker to really have put in the work to, to get to where he wants to be in this one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a, it makes taking this fight makes him a fan favorite. It's maybe not the smartest thing for his health, but uh, if I feel like it's a must win for Dan, even though he's coming off a win, maybe not because he's taking it on such short notice, like he'll get another chance if he loses. But I feel like you just, I mean, because you took the L to Dustin and Michael Chandler, who are both top five contenders. And then, you know, if, if somebody who's an up and coming guy beats you after those two losses, I feel like it's going to be hard to climb back into the top five, but I mean, Blahovich did it, so um, like we. I mean, anybody can do it, especially a, a scrappy guy like Dan. But I feel I feel like it's a must win for Dan. Yeah, if he wants to ever really like realize those those dreams and goals of winning UFC gold, you know. Um, so it's a, it's a tough situation, of course, and I, I just wish he had more time. But obviously, he's taking it on short notice. I think the UFC is going to realize that and take that into consideration, but. Let's be honest. People only care about wins and losses. They don't care if you didn't eat on the day of your fight. They don't care if you had a stomach ache. They don't care if you had something, your shoulder was bugging you before getting in there. Um, Everyone is just like, what did you do for me that day and that night? And um, I just hope he makes it competitive to give us a good show. That's it. You know, it's a, it's a tall task, tough order for him, but no risk, no reward, and he's taking a shot, and hopefully good things happen for him. I like Makachev, too, so made a better man win, and uh, that's really that's really it. And he's a huge favorite. If uh, – I think this will be this will be fun. If you had to pick either either way, like if Dan wins, how does he win? If Makachev wins, how does he win? I think if Dan wins, it's by knockout or TKO, and I think if Makachev wins, it's by submission and maybe even a knockout. Because like I said, I just don't feel like the way Hooker took some of those shots from Nazareth, Hazard, and Hazard probably hits hard, I would imagine, um, big guy, but he's not Makachev. And I think um, the chin of Dan probably over all those wars might have uh, disappeared just a little bit, you know. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you watch the fight again, you'll see some of the shots kind of look like, I don't want to say buckle him, but his response wasn't the way that it used to be when he got cracked or something good, you know? So obviously father time is undefeated and undefeated for a reason. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. So you got, 
you got Makachev in this one. I got Makachev in this one. He's a minus 650 favorite, and Dan Hooker is a plus four, 460 underdog. You know, so big wow. odds, big chance, big opportunity to make some big money, but we'll see uh, which way this one goes. Yeah, I got Makachev as well. We'll go to the next one. Who is it? Uh, uh, Volkov to Tibor. Honestly, I, I don't know much about these guys. And like, I don't watch the heavyweight division as often because it's just the fights are never really like, I don't know. And, I, and I'm not trying to come off like, I, just no disrespect. You know, Volkov, yeah, he's yeah. good. He's tough. But I can't tell you like what's his best attribute. Marcin Tabor, I can't tell you what his best attribute is. I watch these guys, but I can never say like, this guy is so good at this. This guy is so good at this. Like I could do it like Dan Hooker versus Makachev or Pideon versus Corey Sanhagen. Like those are different fights that I can understand and break down. Like it's just a heavyweight division. These guys are going to throw down. It's just going to be a crazy fight. Uh, yeah. Not crazy fight, but it's going to be whoever lands the big shots can probably put the other guy to sleep. That's typically how the heavyweight fights normally go. Or it's like a Curtis Blaze fight. <laughs> Love you, Curtis. But where not a lot of action happens, you know? Yeah, I feel like if it's not John Jones, Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gan, like those guys just overshadow the rest of the division. I feel like so. Um, those are the those where the attention is. So, uh, yeah, I guess I I don't I don't know these guys that much either. So, yeah, well, yeah, we'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, Volkov is a minus two ninety favorite, and Marcin Tybura is a plus two thirty. The one thing I will say about Tybura. He has seemed to come into his own, beating a couple guys in a row. This is how many fights? He's won um, five fights in a row, man. He beat Spivak. He beat Grishin. He beat Ben Rothwell. beat Greg Hardy and beat Walt Harris. And uh, he's been looking, like, much better these days. So this is an opportunity to take on a guy like Volkov. I don't want to say he's a gatekeeper, but he's like, if he beats Volkov, he goes on to that next echelon of that division. And that's a tall task, literally, and pun intended, because Volkov is like six seven, I believe. You know, so um, this is going to be a very interesting, interesting fight just based on the height dynamic alone. 6'3 yeah, versus 6'7. Sure. For sure. Um, so we'll do this next one. Uh, Li Jingliang versus Chimaev. This is a, a good fight. I think this is a great opportunity to see where Chimaev really is. And, of course, I don't know if you've been following, but he had that COVID symptoms for super long. He was trying to push through it, and it kept getting worse and worse, and he just contemplated retirement. And now here he is back in uh, a couple of days away from getting into the octagon. And I'm excited to see him return against a very tough guy in the leech who hits hard, puts guys away and may not be the best wrestler, but if he connects, that's lights out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the test. I mean, like you said, he's been out for a has been out for a while, but he's kind of like, he's kind of another one of those fan favorite guys. I feel like he got a lot of, he got really hot like, over the pandemic. Well, he had like and, three fights in like one month, maybe two, yeah. something like that. And then how, what a high and a low to be like, to shoot up like that, all the fame. I mean, and then just get so sick and then like work yourself to near death, basically. Yeah. So it's, I think it's, it's unfortunate. Just, it's unfortunate, but I think uh, regardless of like what, odds and stuff i think it's just gonna be a fun fight to watch just to see what he can do um do you, how much do you think this fight matters for him i think it matters a lot in terms of his performance if he looks like 
Chimaev of old, spectacular, gets a highlight reel finish. Then he continues his uh, ascension forward in that division and makes his way to a tighter shot against a fight with Uzma, who's a tough grappler. Um, you get to see him against those guys in that top five, top 10, maybe. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, I do think he needs to win this to really keep that hype and steam around him. But of course, he just had a bad relationship with with COVID and we know what that's done to people in the past. And I don't know. I just think it's a tough situation for him to be in and hopefully he is ready and he's got past everything and doesn't have any lingering symptoms because as we know, fighters are tough and not everyone likes to reveal what's truly going on when you ask them until after the fight, then you start to hear all this happened and this happened. And that's when everyone starts to tell you what's up, you know? So I just hope he's just ready. And with the leech, um, his last one, he knocked out Ponzinibbio in the first round. And before that, he lost to Neil Magny, kind of being grappled and stifled to death. So that's the only concern I have here. When he's fought other guys who are good strikers, he manages to come out on top and puts guys away. And he lost to Jake Matthews also. So two grapplers that have uh, taken up the leech. And I, I could see this being very similar. So with that being said, I'm leaning towards Chemayev to win this fight. Yeah, and I think the the UFC gods probably want that as well just because he's such a big star. Yeah, of so, course, for that bottom line, you know? I mean, yeah, like, they, they're definitely giving him – they're pressing the button on him, so um, they're probably – I mean, no wonder they're putting a wrestling guy with a guy who's lost to other wrestlers. kind of makes sense. So I think that's what, that's what the UFC wants. I would probably – and I think just the odds, like, the matchup makes sense for him. So, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, Chemayev is a minus 590 favorite, and Lee Jingliang is a plus 425 dog. And I think that's probably what the, the matchmakers are looking at. No, or should I say the odds makers are looking at in terms of um, this fight. Now, there's a couple other fi- uh, fights to talk about, but to be honest with you, um, they're pretty solid there's, there's gonna be fun fights like all around like Lee Lerone Murphy taking on Makwan Americani uh that's a good fight to gear uh another Russian fighter Dagestani Russian taking on Alan Nasciamento um I don't know if you you follow those guys too much no young up-and-comers I've trained with uh to gear so I kind of know him he's he fights at 125 oh wow that's pretty sick this kid, Demir, is Magulov taking on Magomedov Mustafa uh, Mustafaev. That's uh, a great fight, I think. He's looked really good in his last few fights. He's undefeated in the UFC, and I think he's only lost one fight. He's 23 and one. So that is a fighter to look out for. I think his striking is phenomenal. Damn. And Magomed Mustafa, um, Mustafaev is more of a grappler. I think like a, one of those Dagestani and Russian guys. But I don't know if he's going to be able to – let me not say that. Uh, he's just, I, I just don't think he is, he says his nickname is a sniper. So now I don't remember if he's the grappler, he's a striker. <laughs> so you should, that's the I, guy I you trained with? No, no, no. Um, Tagir, um, okay. Ulan Bekov. And, but with Mustafaev, he lost to Kevin Lee before. He got rear naked choked. So maybe he is a striker. So maybe we're going to have a fan favorite fight. I mean, he fought Kevin Lee in 2016, fought um, Rafael Faziv and won by spitting back kick and punches in 2019, right? Then lost to Brad Riddell, split decision in 2020. So he hasn't fought too often, not very active, but this is a great opportunity to see where he's really at. I mean, for him to beat Rafael Faziv, who just looked great against Bobby Green, 
I'm excited for this matchup. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking at it right now. The Ankalaya fight versus Ozemir, that should be a good one. Um, yeah, I was at, I was looking into that one earlier. Um, I, Ankalaev looks like a really entertaining fighter to watch. And then he looks like he's kind of the in the at the ascent in that division. And then Volkan, he's kind of like 50-50 in his past few fights. So, and, But he's still ranked, and he's had a title fight. He fought DC. So that's an exciting one. I, it's crazy. I, like the transition levels right yeah, there. Yeah, like that'll, that actually, that seems like a high stakes fight now that you think about it. Like one, they're both pretty similarly ranked, but one guy's kind of on the way down. One guy's kind of on the way up. They both need this win to either stay relevant or move to the next level. So um, that's a good one. Ozemir is a plus 245 underdog, and Ankalaev is a minus 310 favorite. So I just think the odds makers are pretty spot on with their, their bets and picks and knowing who's the favorite, who's the underdog for this card. Um, Ankalaev has looked great in his last few fights. Finishing guys, that whole series that he had with Iwan Kutalaba was just crazy, but we got a definitive answer in the last matchup, and he showed that he was clearly the better fighter. Um and Ozdemir just kind of been a little up and down, losing to that crazy fight with Pashowska, who's also a, a, a dog, or should I say a contender that people need to be paying attention to because he could be fighting for the title shot next, just how good Jerry Pashowska is, you know? So yeah. um, from division now, finally getting some younger guys in that light heavyweight division. And I'm definitely excited to watch that one too because I think it's going to be a much more interesting fight than people might think it is because Ozdemir is tough. He's been around the block a few times and – um the only thing Ankalaev got submitted at the end of round three by Paul Craig with like one second left, which is insane, you know? Yeah, but, but he came back and then, beat him, I'm pretty sure. You sure? I didn't even know they had a rematch. I'm pretty sure. I think um right. but it got I think it got canceled a bunch of times. I might be mistaken though. Um, um oh, look at that Mustafaev. <laughs> getting Craig. the Russian guys mixed up. No, I'm thinking yeah. of Kudalaba. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Craig, he just lost to him with one second left in the round, which is just nuts, nuts. Like, who does that? Yeah. Put him in a triangle. Yeah, I read. I was reading, and they said like, um, Ankalaev like was doing his thing for most of that fight, but then he just got caught. Right. Yeah. Um. So once again, real quick, uh, just your call to action: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Funkmaster. Throw down just five dollars on the UFC 267 main event and win $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. That's Cole Funkmaster this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of UFC. Remember, it must be 18 or older and a whole other things. Check out the restrictions at DraftKings.com sportsbook for extra details. Um, so other than that, I actually got the contenders fight I'm going to go watch. I got a kid that I trained out in London, not trained out, but trained with out in London, who's been here in Vegas. And that was back in 2018. I went to London, Liverpool, Ireland, got some training over there. And um, this kid's pretty good, Javid. So I'm going to go down there to watch him. You know what's crazy? Um, I didn't hear this myself, but I heard they called him a terrorist, his opponent. His opponent that he's fighting is actually Jewish. And Javid is um, Iraqi and oh. he's Muslim. So it's like, 
this is going to be crazy. And I, I just hope it doesn't get like super um, nationalists in there and, and no crazy shenanigans happens at the PI, the, the apex, you know, because at the end of the day, it's a fist fight. You know, you win, you lose, you shake hands, you go home and you live to fight another day, make some money. Everybody, you know, uh, moves on. So uh, there's a lot of bad blood with this one. I don't know why the kid from Israel, he's undefeated. I think he's like 16 and 0. He's fought a lot of cans, though. Um, but I know this kid, Javi, he's a tough dude. Seems like a very nice guy. If he did call him um, a terrorist, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> they say this, they say all is fair in love and war, you know. That's so fucking um, some Conor McGregor shit right there. Yeah, it's pretty intense, you know. So yeah. hopefully um, at the end of this, it's, it's all good and may the best man win. So I'm going to go there to watch those guys. Brandon Moreno's got two guys on the on the contender series tonight, and we're going we're gonna to watch that. So um, I'm going to go check that out. And uh, you obviously have a blessed day. Uh, let these guys know where they can find you. Shit. Uh, I'm inside MMA podcast on TikTok. That's where I'm at, really. So, but uh, my, I'm, thanks for having me on. It was cool. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll do this again for sure. And uh, as always, guys, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. We're spinning back fist, baby. We'll see you guys later. Peace.